in the booth, it don't matter who you asking. Row, 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 like a dungeon dragon. Doom, 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 hit a base, we blast it. All up in your face, I'm not shame for the masses. Welcome, Welcome to episode 10 of Up Late With Nate on 91.1 KLPR Cardi. Now, here's your host. It is time for episode 10, and it is crazy to think about how I have been in the studio for 10 weeks now talking about college football. It has been so much fun. This college football season has had some twists, some turns. Uh, This season has been incredible, but it has been so fun to watch all these games going on. And with it being episode 10 of this show, it has officially been released. The first official college football rankings came out this past Tuesday. And there are many, many questions among college football fans about what was the committee thinking? I mean, what was the committee thinking? So ultimately, here's what's going to happen for... Uh, what's, here's what's going to happen for probably the rest of the show. For the past couple of episodes, the first 10 minutes, I've been mixing it up about what I talk about. Uh, but with the college football playoff being the most important thing about college football, there more than likely the first 10 minutes are going to be dedicated, uh, to who I think are the top six most deserving teams. Uh, Now, hear me out. I don't think these are the top six teams in NCAA football. Um, I may not even think that these top six uh, teams are the teams that are going to be the top six at the end of the year. But what I'm saying is, if I was in charge, which it's probably a good thing that I'm not, but if I was in charge of the college football rankings, uh, here's probably how I'd be. And I'm going to switch it up every single week because uh, with how this season's going, almost every single week there's an upset. So the rankings are going to be different every single week. So starting out with the sixth slot here, um, I'm going to put the Oregon Ducks here at number six. So Oregon has the most impressive win by any FBS team right now. And that is Oregon going on the road to Columbus and defeating a very good Ohio State team early on in the season. Now, the reason they're at six here is because Oregon lost to Stanford. And Stanford is a team, I mean, let's just face it, Stanford is just not a very good football team. Uh, They can't run, their defense isn't great. Uh, they just they're not very dominant. And so the loss to Stanford really hurts the Oregon Ducks. But you have to put them in the top six because they beat Ohio State on the road. The other thing right now is that um, for Oregon's roster, a lot of their roster, a lot of their elite players are hurt or uh, are just injured for the rest of the year. And so with Oregon struggling with help or health, uh, that's why I have them at six. But I think they are deserving of that six spot because despite that loss to Stanford, uh, they've done everything you can ask of them. 
they including um, going on the road and defeating the Buckeyes. Number five on my list is Alabama. If the playoffs started right now, I don't think that Alabama makes it. And uh, here's why. Ultimately, when you look at it, a loss is a loss. A loss is a loss. I really don't care how many national titles you've won in the recent years. I don't care that your head coach is a GOAT. I don't care who your recruits are. I don't care if your quarterback is a Heisman candidate right now. At the end of the day, a loss is a loss. And no team should be given a pass for that. And right now, Alabama is ranked higher than some undefeated teams like Michigan State, Cincinnati, or even Oklahoma. And at the end of the day, you got to think to yourself as a college football fan, a loss is a loss. Ultimately, everybody's talking about strength of schedule, strength of schedule. And I get that. I really do. But Alabama's biggest win right now is their biggest non-conference game is a neutral site win against Miami. Alabama's most impressive win this year is Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is a good team, but is Ole Miss an elite team? Because I don't think they're an elite team. I don't think they are. I really don't think they are. And I think if you ask any college football fan, they're not going to say that Ole Miss is an elite team. And I guarantee you they're going to say that Oregon's win over Ohio State is more impressive than Alabama's win over Ole Miss. Now, why they're ahead of Oregon is because Alabama is healthy here. And if you look at Alabama versus Oregon, Alabama is the more talented roster. But Alabama should not be top four, let alone where the college football playoff committee has them right now at the top two. And so I have Oregon at six, Alabama at five. Now, hear me out here. At four, I got Wake Forest. Okay, now listen. If you take the exact same roster of this Wake Forest team, you take the exact same record against the teams that they have played this year, and you name Dabo Sweeney the coach of Wake Forest, and you write the word Clemson across their jerseys instead of Wake Forest, what is this team ranked right now? This team is ranked number two in the nation, guaranteed. If Clemson played Wake Forest's schedule and they were undefeated this year, they would be ranked number two, especially with uh, the stats their quarterback and wide receivers are putting up. There is no difference between a Wake Forest team this year and past Notre Dame's and Clemson's of, of years prior. Their strength of schedule is bad, but they are a Power 5 team. You have to give them the nod. And that's why Wake Forest has to be the four seed until they lose. Until they lose. If it doesn't say Clemson across their chest, then the committee is not giving them any help. And so basically what I'm hearing is you care more about the name across their chest than the little patch on their shoulder that says what conference they're from. Because if it was based off conference, Wake Forest would not be ranked 10th in the college football playoffs. Uh, they would be ranked number 2 or number 3 last year. Number 3 on this list, Oklahoma. Same thing. Undefeated, Power 5 team. 
They haven't won by what they should. They haven't been very impressive. But until they lose, you cannot justify them being ranked lower than Alabama and Oregon. Because ultimately, to me, undefeated is better than one loss, regardless of what your schedule is. Number two, Michigan State. Until this team loses, they should stay at number two. They are undefeated in one of the toughest conferences in college football. They deserve the two seed over Oklahoma and Wake Forest. And see, the thing is, it's because of their strength of schedule, but the strength of schedule should not come in until teams have the same record. Strength of schedule should only come in when you're talking about teams with the same record, not with one that has one loss and one that's undefeated. Number one, Georgia Bulldogs. Their defense is looking very unstoppable. In the past couple of weeks, they have faced Kentucky and Auburn and taken care of business, and they have the chance very, very soon uh, to prove that they are the greatest college football team in the world right now. And um, by the way, they have not had a single close game since week one against Clemson. So there's my college football rankings as they stand right now. Oregon 6, Alabama 5, 4, Wake Forest, 3, Oklahoma, 2, Michigan State, Georgia 1. These are not who I think are the top six teams. I think they are the most deserving teams as it stands right now. It is 11-10 here in Kearney, Nebraska, which means it's time for the 10-can topic at 11-10. And for this week, we're going to stay in the college football playoff top 25 and so, ladies and gentlemen, the, the 10 can topic at 11:10 this week is the college football playoffs absolute disrespect to non-power five teams. Here's the thing. There are multiple teams that are not in the college football playoff rankings in the top 25 that need to be. That just need to be. And the first one on this list is Coastal Carolina. Coastal has won a lot of games in the past few years. And apparently the past few years impact what the rankings are this year. You know, for Alabama, for Oklahoma. You know, these are teams um, that are ranked higher than what they might should be because of of past years. And so if that's going to be the case for these Power 5 teams, then you have to do it for Coastal Carolina. Because Coastal Carolina have won, has won a lot of games the past couple of years. They have one loss this year. It was on a Wednesday night to a very good Appalachian State team on the road, and it was by three points. Coastal Carolina is a top 25 team in college football. Louisiana Lafayette is another team that I think absolutely deserves to be in the college football playoff top 25. Again, they have one loss, and it was at the time to a ranked Texas team. And I know that Texas isn't as great now. I understand that. But when you go into the season and you are ranked, you're going to play completely different um, than being a 500 team down the road. You're going to have a different mentality. You're going to play a different ball game. And so for Louisiana Lafayette 
to go on the road to Austin, Texas, to a newly renovated stadium and compete with Texas week one, by the way, then they should get the nod now. They actually won tonight. They actually won tonight. They have won a lot of games in a row. If Alabama gets a pass for losing on the road to an unranked Texas A&M team, then why does Louisiana Lafayette not get a pass for losing on the road to a ranked Texas team? It doesn't make much sense to me. Also on top of that, the Raging Cajuns defeated Appalachian State, who we just talked about with Coastal, and they beat them 41-13. to It was a blowout. Another team that I, I, I think really needs to be in the top 25 of the college football playoff is Houston. So right now, as it stands, Houston is ranked number 20 in the AP poll, and that is for a reason. They have lost one game so far this year, and it was a neutral site game against Texas Tech. And I think Houston was winning big in that game. And since that opening weekend, Houston has been rolling teams, including beating a previously unranked team last week with uh, beating SMU. Houston is another good football team, a top 25 team. Speaking of SMU, SMU should still be ranked in the college football playoff top 25. The Mustangs have a great resume outside of their loss to Houston, including going uh, going and beating their rival TCU, which is a Big 12 school. SMU has a great offense. And they play at Memphis this weekend, which is, and, and I'll get into why that's important later on in a second. But the college football committee, they cannot double whammy Cincinnati here. They can't say, oh, Cincinnati, you don't play anybody. You don't play any ranked teams. That's why you're not in the college, or that's why you're not in the college football playoff. And then turn around and shut the door on SMU and Houston, two teams that are worthy of being ranked in the top 25. That is a double whammy against Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is probably sitting over there like, if you want us to play ranked teams, then why are you not ranking top 25 teams? Houston and SMU are top 25 teams in the nation. The next team we're going to look at is UTSA. University of Texas San Antonio Road Runners. And the disrespect to this program and this team is unreal by the College Football Playoff Committee. UTSA, week one, goes clear up to Illinois, defeats Illinois seven days after Nebraska football was unable to do that. Nebraska goes on the road week zero to face Illinois. They can't get it done. They go and compete against other great Big Ten teams, and UTSA can go on the road to Illinois to beat them. And then, going back to going on the road to Memphis, UTSA later in the season went on the road to Memphis, and they won. You know a team that wasn't able to go on the road 
to Memphis and defeat the Tigers? How about the 17th ranked Mississippi State Bulldogs ranked 17th in the college football playoff rankings with some losses and they do have some good wins. I'll give the Bulldogs that, but they have some quality. They don't have quality losses. One of them is a loss to Memphis. Why does Mississippi State get a pass for that? And UTSA doesn't, they don't even need a pass because they beat Memphis on the road. And UTSA can't even get ranked. It doesn't make too much sense to me. And it's pretty clear that the college football playoff rankings are very, very biased against non-Power 5 teams. And that, I, I, don't, I don't love it. I don't love it. And then there are some teams from, from uh, other non-Power 5 teams who are in the rankings. So Cincinnati ends up at 6. Probably not the best ranking. However, based off their recent play against some weaker teams, I can understand the 6th ranked um, I didn't even have them at the sixth rank. Um, I would have them at eight right now behind Ohio State. Um, and, and I talk about, you know, one loss is different from undefeated. But, again, it's a go-5 team. And I'm not necessarily arguing that those go-5 teams should be in the playoffs. I'm just arguing that they should be ranked in the top 25. And Cincinnati is there. Another team in the top 25 – um, from non-Power 5, Fresno State, um, the Bulldogs, and then, of course, San Diego State. So here's a few teams who are in the college football playoff top 25 that I'm a little curious on how these teams are here instead of some of the teams that I just mentioned. Okay, first off, Wisconsin. I don't know how Wisconsin got ranked. I don't get that at all. I understand that they beat Iowa last week in a dominating fashion. But they are 5-3 and three and the Badgers' offense is terrible. Their offense is terrible. Another team in the top 25 that I'm kind of shocked by. Minnesota. I get that they're 6 and 2, but I don't know. I just don't think Minnesota is more deserving. And also, Minnesota lost to Bowling Green. If Cincinnati lost to Bowling Green this year, do you think they'd be ranked in the top 25? According to what I'm seeing, probably not. And then I talked about it earlier, Mississippi State. Again, a, a decent football team with some pretty good wins. But at the end of the day, can we really say, I mean, Mississippi State lost to Memphis and LSU in back-to-back -back weeks. And I don't think that those three teams that I just mentioned are more deserving than UTSA, Houston, SMU, Louisiana Lafayette, and Coastal Carolina. So here's the thing. 
Here's what I'm going to say. If the college football playoff committee is allowing Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan to all have, even Notre Dame, to have free passes for a loss and be ranked in the top 10, not top 25, top 10, then these teams right here that I'm mentioning with one loss should also get that pass, not to get into the top 20 fin, top 10, but to get into the top 25. Oregon lost to Stanford. They're ranked fourth in the nation. Do we like Coastal or Stanford in that matchup? Do we like UTSA or Stanford? I just, I don't understand. I, I don't understand why, why Power 5 teams get that pass and non-Power 5 teams don't. So here's my silver lining. I, I, I try to come up with something positive after being so negative. So here's my silver lining. First off, some of these teams are going to be playing in completely different conferences in a couple of years. Houston, Cincinnati, making the jump to the Big 12. I can't remember where UTSA is going, but they're going somewhere else. These teams are moving. These teams are moving, ultimately. And Houston and Cincinnati especially to the Big 12 is huge. So I guess the silver lining is maybe in a few years the college football playoff expands or you move to a different conference in a few years. But ultimately, this year, your silver lining is the AP poll exists. And it's not really relevant towards the college football playoff, but it is still important for some history, okay? So for UTSA, it's the first time that they've been ranked in the AP poll top 25 ever. That's history. That's something you can tell your grandkids about. But at the end of the day, everybody knows that college football playoff rankings are more important than the AP poll, especially once the college football playoff rankings come out officially. The era of college football is changing and we're changing to a time where you have to play in a Power 5 conference, not only to win championships, but to even get recognized at this point as a top 25 team in the country. And that is just how it is right now. It's 11:23 here in Kearney, Nebraska, which means it is time for me to take a break because I'm hot. I'll be right back. Thanks for listening to episode 10 of Up Late with Nate on 91.1 KLPR Cardi. We'll be right back. Welcome back to episode 10 of Up Late with Nate on 91.1 KLPR Cardi. 
It is 11.30 here in Kearney, Nebraska, which means it is time for another segment, which is the Half Hour Hot Take. And this one's a little... I'm excited for this one because I don't think I've ever really heard of anybody propose this idea, I would say. Um, but I think it's one that might work out, and I like it, so I'm going to say it. So my half-hour hot take for this week is that conferences should set up conference battles amongst their football teams, much like NCAA college basketball does. So for instance, if you're unaware, the Big Ten and the ACC have an agreement where throughout their college basketball season, they take a break from conference play and schedule games against the other conference. And then on top of that, the Big 12 and the SEC do the same thing called the Big 12 SEC Challenge. It's very, very simple. And so for this, for college football, I think they should do the same thing. The top five teams from each conference in the year before, and that's determined by regular season conference record, will be able to participate in a challenge between conferences where top five teams from years before get to compete against each other. And um, with conference realignment, which is happening as we speak, and how things are all shaking up, I think that one game on the second to last game of the season should be devoted to these challenges. So here's a couple reasons uh, that I like it. First off, it has to be that second to last week because Georgia and Georgia Tech, they play each other every single week or every single year for the last game of the regular season. South Carolina, Clemson, same thing. Florida, Florida State. These are rivalries that you can't take away. And teams play um, non-conference rivals the last week. So I think, to, to again, to shake things up a little bit, that they should do another non-conference intriguing matchup um, the second to last week. And remember, it changes. You know, Georgia-Georgia Tech doesn't change. Florida-Florida State doesn't change. But this one would change because the top five teams change every year. And again, it's I would base it off regular season conference record from the year prior. And that would determine who you would play the next year. So my half-hour hot take again, um, it's out there. I get that, but there's intriguing matchups, and that means money for, for everybody. Um, and, it, and it would help for a few things. So let's look at it. Uh, number one, we talk about it the entire show. The college football playoff committee um, has a hard time right now, and they're getting a lot of poor feedback. Well, here's the thing. If you add this challenge in, um, it might make their jobs a little bit easier. Because as of right now, we're not moving to an 8- or 12-team playoff. It looks like we're going to stick with four teams for a while. So, if you had this type of challenge, you would be able to see what conferences are possibly better than other conferences. 
Number two, teams from weaker conferences would have the opportunity to prove that they can beat teams from stronger conferences. Number three, uh, and this one is one of my favorites, college football fans would have the opportunity and the excuse to travel to places they might have never been before, some unique places. Number four, ultimately, the real reason that I like this is every single year's we would be year we'd be able to see how different conferences stack up against each other. So here's how I have this working. So there's the Power Five conferences, um, but at this point in time, with Cincinnati being at the American, I think it's safe to say that the American Conference is the next best conference or the sixth ranked conference as of right now. And so first what you have to do is you have to rank the conferences in what you think is the best to to the weakest conference. And so you're going to rank them again probably based off talent, probably based off recruit, and probably based off history. And you're going to go from most athletic to least athletic. And so what I have done is I have ranked these conference, uh, these conferences. And ultimately it doesn't matter because it's hypothetical. But either way, uh, I don't think I get much debate when I say the SEC is the number one conference and the Big Ten is number two. Number three, I got the Big 12 conference at three. The Pac-12 conference at four. And again... It doesn't matter. It's hypothetical. And then I have the ACC at the fifth best conference and then the American at six. And so then what you do is you take who you think will be the best conference against uh, the teams that you think are from the worst conference. So the one and the six would play the two and the five and the three and the four. So right here, the SEC would play the American. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, the American can't compete with the SEC. Well, here's the thing. They can prove that. They can prove that. For a team like Cincinnati, uh, they had to wait until the very end of the year last year to, to prove that they can play with an SEC team in the Georgia Bulldogs. And they competed, and they showed that they can be a top four team. And so if we base it off last year's regular season conference uh, uh, record, here's what this year would look like. First off, Alabama versus Cincinnati. Huge game this year. Huge game. And like I said, the top five team from the conferences would be able to participate, and the home field advantage would go to um, three teams from one conference and two teams from the other. You know, you mix it up as best as possible. And so Alabama and Cincinnati would be in Tuscaloosa, and it would be hosted by Alabama. Last year, Florida was the second-best team and in the SEC, and Tulsa was the second-best team. So Florida would go on the road this year and face Tulsa. Number three, Texas A&M versus Memphis. That would be at Kyle Field. And... And to say 
that this is like the NFL versus a high school team. When you look at it, Memphis beat Mississippi State this year, and Mississippi State beat Texas A&M this year. And so numbers say, or whatever logic says, that Memphis could compete with Texas A&M this year. The next game, Georgia at UCF. Now this year, Georgia's running over a lot of teams, and I get that. But UCF's a tough place to play. The bounce house is tough. You know, and on top of that, a lot of fans from Athens, Georgia, probably haven't gone to Orlando to that place. That's a new place for them. And then the next one for um, SEC versus American is um, SMU at Auburn. That's a top 25 matchup if you look at the AP poll. And that would be an outstanding game between two talented teams, and SMU would have the opportunity to prove that they can play with the big boys. So looking at the next conference matchup, uh, the Big Ten versus the ACC. So this year, again, basing off last year's regular season conference finishes, Ohio State versus Clemson would be a matchup this year. It would be a matchup of last year's college football playoffs. It'd be up in Ohio. Now, last year, Notre Dame played in the ACC, but I did not add them into this because COVID made that a very strange situation. Uh, So I did not include Notre Dame here. So the second best team in the true ACC is uh, Northwestern versus Miami. Two teams that kind of fell off this year, but it would actually be a good matchup. And that one would be down in Miami. Next one, Iowa versus North Carolina. I think that would be a decent football game. That would be a North Carolina uh, dominant offense against an Iowa dominant defense. And for instance, again, talking about travel, this one would be at Iowa. I have a friend here in Nebraska who is a fan of North Carolina, has never been to a game because there's clear out, they're clear out on the East Coast. But if they played at Iowa, he would, be, he would be driving there, no doubt, to watch that game. Fourth one, Indiana versus North Carolina State at North Carolina State. And then the fifth one, Boston College versus Wisconsin at Wisconsin. These would be fun matchups at the at the uh, end of the year or close to the end of the year. But some of these would have major playoff implications. And for other teams, especially the ones I just mentioned that have kind of fallen off this year, those those games would be very important for bowl eligibility for those teams. Some of those teams would be fighting for a bowl spot against each other. And then the last conference battle would be um, the Big 12 versus the Pac-12. First, Iowa State versus USC. Iowa State finished with a better regular season conference record last year than Oklahoma. So Iowa State gets the bid versus USC. And that would be up in Iowa. The next one would be Oklahoma versus Washington. Oklahoma would have to travel up to Washington. I'm telling you right now for that Oregon game this weekend when Oregon goes to Washington, 
that's a tough place to play. And so Oklahoma traveling up there this year would be an intriguing matchup. And I don't think Oklahoma has ever played Washington before. Another one that would happen this year, Oklahoma State um, hosting Oregon. Let's just say that Oklahoma State win, like if it happened this year and Oklahoma State were to win out and Oregon were to win out and then Oklahoma State would beat Oregon, they would probably be in the college football playoff. But here's the thing, Oregon's probably not going to play another ranked team this year. The next game would be Texas versus Colorado. A very, I mean, it's our old rivalry. Lots of tradition. It'd be up in Colorado. And by the way, Texas A&M went up to Colorado earlier this year. Uh, They did play at Mile High Field in Denver instead of in Boulder. But Texas A&M struggled, and Colorado played ball. And then the last one for Big 12 versus Pac-12 is TCU versus Stanford. Two teams this year that are struggling a little bit, but when they're when they're hot, both of those teams, that would be a great game. And I think those teams are very similar to each other this year. And that one would be down in Fort Worth, Texas, hosted by TCU. So here's my point with my half-hour hot take. That, again, there should be conference battles every single year in the college football world the second to last week of the season. If we're going to mix up the conferences, and which is what we're doing, apparently. I mean, it looks, it, that's what's happening. And we're going to realign the conferences to the point where it may not matter where your campus is on the map, um, and your conference is going to be just realigned, and you're going to have to travel, then why not, spend some time traveling for a challenge like this to get more clarity towards the college football playoff. Conferences can prove themselves. Teams can prove that they belong. And we get intriguing matchups, and we get fans traveling to places that they have never been before. And this would be especially huge if we kept uh, the four-team playoff, which is what it looks like is going to happen. It's 11.45 here in Kearney, Nebraska. We're going to take a break. I'll be back right after this for my Bet On It challenge. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Episode 10 of Up Late with Nate on 91.1 KLPR Carney. We'll be right back. grinding all day and all night. Hall of Fame. On my mind, trying to be the greatest of all time and say it's all God. Whoa, I know I've seen cold nights. I don't want to go back, I just want to be better. Welcome back to episode 10 of Up Late with Nate on 91.1 KLPR Cardi. Welcome back to the studio. It's 11.50 here in Kearney, Nebraska, which means it is time for the last segment of the day, and that is the Bet On It Challenge, where basically I try to do my best to give you guys insightful predictions for college football's toughest matchups for this weekend. 
And last week I did all right. I went eight and four last weekend. And I also predicted a couple of things. Uh, I saw Houston beating SMU. I got that one right. I also got that Mississippi State would beat Kentucky by multiple scores. And that also happened last week. So eight and four, I'm loving it. It brings my season total to 65 and 38. And so I will just try to improve on that. This week, 8-4, and four, one of my best weeks so far. So obviously, as you can tell, my ego's up. Uh, so we'll see what happens. So first off here, Utah, tomorrow night, Friday night, goes on the road um, to play Stanford. And like I said earlier, Stanford can be very tough or very, very soft. It's a Friday night. I think we're going to get a soft Stanford team at home. I'm going to take Utah on this one. Uh, 34-23 Utes. The next game on my list is one that, um, you know, is a, a lot of people are talking about it because it's Army versus Air Force. Um, so lots of media coverage here. Both of these teams love to run the ball and love to run the ball in an old-fashioned way. You know, the good old triple option. And they're going to just run it down and you just try to stop it. So here's the thing, uh, Air Force is a good team this year, and Army gave up a lot of points to Wake Forest um, a couple of weeks ago, and so I I don't trust Army's defense, so I'm going to give the nod to Air Force in this one, 26-10, um, to 26-10 to 10 in that one. The next game on my list, Nebraska hosting the Ohio State Baldeg or Buckeyes, Ohio State Buckeyes, and uh, I will be attending this game. And I'm really hoping that Nebraska competes. And I'm not a huge fan of Nebraska, and you guys know this. Uh, I'm Nebraska's biggest critic. But I really want Nebraska to win. And so this week, you know, it's a little bit surprising, but I'm going all in on Nebraska, and I think they're going to keep it somewhat competitive. That being said, I'm taking the Buckeyes, 35-13. to 13, Because Nebraska's defense can only do so much. And eventually, I think that Ohio State is going to run away with it. 35-13, Buckeyes. Next one on my list, Wake Forest at North Carolina. We talked about Wake Forest earlier being a top four deserving college football playoff team. Maybe not top four talented team but deserving team. That is going to drop this week because they are going to lose on the road to the Tar Heels. Um, that's going to be, I think, the biggest upset of the week probably. Uh, I like North Carolina in this one, 34-21, uh, which might be a little low scoring, but I kind of like the Tar Heels defense to step up. Next one, Michigan State at Purdue. Michigan State is coming off of a great win against Michigan last week, which is why I think they are going to struggle at Purdue. We saw it um, with Iowa. Iowa had a top five win against Penn State, and then they host Purdue, and Purdue comes in and beats them. And so I think this is going to be a closer game than what people think. I'm going to take Michigan State in this one, 21-17. It's going to be a close game. 
Um, it's going to be low scoring, but I really I think that Mel Tucker, the coach for Michigan State, is going to have his team focused enough to win that game. Next game on my games to watch out for, Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia is, is, you know, last week I said West Virginia at home is a great team, um, and I didn't like Iowa State's chances out there last week, and sure enough, West Virginia pulls off the upset, upset against the Cyclones. Well, Oklahoma State now, another great team, comes to town, and, you know, the Mountaineers will play well, but I think Oklahoma State's more talented than people give them credit for. I like the Cowboys in this one. 28-13, though. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, but I especially don't think that West Virginia will pull off the upset two weeks in a row. Next game on this list, a um, lot of people's game of the week, and that's completely understandable. Auburn goes on the road to Kyle Field to face the Texas A&M Aggies. Um, Texas A&M has a very good win at home against a team called the Alabama Crimson Tide. You heard of them? Uh, everybody knows that Texas A&M beat them at home. That being said, Auburn has gone on the road a couple of times this year and played pretty well. And so I'm going to take Auburn in this one in front of 100,000 people. Um, and I like the Tigers in a close one here. Uh, give me Auburn in this one, 34-28, which ultimately sets up the SEC West coming down to a showdown between Auburn and Alabama, just like it should. Speaking of Alabama, another, uh, another night game for the Crimson Tide as LSU goes on the road to visit Alabama. Last year, LSU took Florida out of the playoff conversation by going on the road and beating the Gators. And they have the opportunity to do the same thing tomorrow night, or two nights from now, Saturday night, against uh, Alabama. They can knock them out of the playoffs. But it's not going to happen. Give me Bama in this one, 45-20. They are just too talented. And, uh, and LSU just doesn't have the talent to compete with that. Next game on my list, Boise State at Fresno State. Boise State is a talented team. They're not quite as dominant as they have been in years past. Um, and here's the thing about Fresno State. Two weeks ago, I picked Fresno State to win in a close game um, against Nevada, and they did just that for me. Last week, I don't know if you remember episode 9, but I picked Fresno State over San Diego State, and I said, I'm counting on the Bulldogs here. They've helped me once, and hopefully they'll help me twice. And I hope they help me a third time because I'm picking them again. Uh, I like Fresno State in this one, 28-21 over Boise State. The next game on my list, uh, two of the best backs in, the, in not only the Big 12, uh, but America – Iowa State is the host against the Texas Longhorns. Texas not as dominant um, this year. They are not back. But Iowa State is coming off a loss against West Virginia. So it's kind of tough because um, both teams started the year very high um, on a lot of rankings. And now these teams are just kind of playing for pride. 
I like Iowa State in this one at home, 35-21 over Texas. Um, I think it'll be a decent game, uh, but it's also later in the night. So, you know, if Alabama-LSU gets out of hand, you might want to tune into that one. The next game on the list I'm excited for, it's the first time I've ever predicted a game with these either of these two teams. Uh, UTSA goes on the road to play University of Texas El Paso. Uh, University of Texas San Antonio, an undefeated team. UTEP, a uh, 6-2 team. It's going to be a very good game. I like the Roadrunners out of UTSA in this one, 30-14, to but I think the game is going to be closer than what the final score says. Finally, my game of the week, uh, Liberty on the road to face Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze goes to re- uh Turn to Oxford in a game where he will want revenge. I am picking the upset in this one. I like Liberty in this one. 34-31 over Ole Miss. Not a lot of quarterbacks can compete with Matt Corral, but one of those quarterbacks is Malik Willis out of Liberty. Give me the flames in this one. It is now midnight here in Kearney, Nebraska, which means it is the end of the show. You've been listening to episode 10 of Up Late with Nate. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you back in the studio next week. You've been listening to Episode 10 of Up Late with Nate on 91.1 KLPR Carney. Tonight's episode will be available on Spotify starting tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening. We in love with the invention. We don't love the inventor. On a quiet block, they puff the loud. and be smelling like it's Denver. And they hit you with a fake smile. I ain't talking dentures. Starbucks on the corner pushing bucks for that renter. Uh.